Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. My favorite, it's Judd's Hockey Show. And with that, welcome into Judd's Hockey Show. It's Judd, it's Declan. It's a wild loss 2-1 to tonight. The goals, they keep not coming the wild power play now has gone on the fritz. Uh, we will talk about that. Plenty to get to in this game uh, as the wild falls uh, two to one to the Nashville Predators in Nashville. They will now start a lengthy homestand Thursday night against the Pittsburgh Penguins. And uh, Dex, here's where I want to start with this game. Um, for Dean Everson being as upset as he clearly was after the Sharks game on Sunday when the Wild had a two nothing lead, and this one they fell behind two rep, but. Um, and basically saying we're not playing the way we're supposed to. We're playing to east and west. Uh, he made some line changes. I actually thought the first period was awful. Like, they outshot the Predators tonight, but I didn't think that they played well. They got caught up in a physical game that I don't know was was uh, ne- necessarily in their best interest. I was really surprised that a team that was certainly talked to by its coach after Sunday's game I didn't think that they had a great start. They came on then, uh, but as you've been saying for a long time now, the five-on-five five, five five goals are just a struggle, and now the power plays too. Yeah, it's this is just a boring hockey team. Um, I, I, I that's that's kind of been my my take after watching this game and the last one too. It's it's a boring hockey team, and it's a boring hockey team that shouldn't be boring, in my opinion. Um, it, it's got a superstar in Kirill Kaprizov. They're starting to get a little more healthy. You know, they, they lost some bodies off the top with some injuries. Um, and of course, maybe some regression was going to be coming to key players, you know, a la Ryan Hartman or maybe, uh, Marcus Foligno. Uh, but for right now, I, I really just think this wild team is not that fun to watch. And mm-hmm. when you can't score and when you're trying to rely on a, um, when you're trying to rely on a, a, a 38-year-old goaltender who's been playing well, but I just, again, I don't know if that's a formable way for you to be successful going forward. Um, for me, it's just, it's it's a boring style of hockey, and they aren't scoring a lot. It's not as fun as it was last year. They're lacking oh, an God. offensive weapon, and um, it's clearly a problem now as they head back on a lengthy home sandwich they'll definitely need, but I would say it's a boring hockey team. Well, yeah, and the problem is this. When you look at the lines, okay, when, when you look at what this team is rolling out there, and you can juggle them all you want. Who scares you? Kaprizov does, but teams are now basically doing everything they can to take him away. Zuccarello, tonight, I mean, he had a couple of chances, but not much. He uh, he set up the Goudreau goal, which was which is fine. But, I mean, there's just so few guys on this team 
who frighten you or scare you. It's a lot of guys who work hard or, or they're supposed to. They don't, they don't necessarily always do that. But yeah, I, I mean, I think boring is a, I think boring is a good way to describe it. And the problem is this. I'm not sure that they're going to get out of this unless they make some type of alteration, changes, trades, uh, or a guy like like Rossi starts to pick things up. You know, Boldy has certainly struggled as well, goal-scoring-wise. So, yeah, I don't know. They need to play harder at times, but I don't know that there is a definitive solution here that is going to make this a playoff team. Like, this, this to me is a very borderline team. Yeah, it's borderline. Playoff best. team. Um and when you're not getting the offense from your key components and guys like Kirill Kaprizov and Matt Sikorel is making one, two extra passes. And, you know, I know Frederick, Frederick Goudreau got a water with a goal tonight. And good for him. He's the only one that actually ends up getting on the score sheet. Um, when your superstars and Boldy and Kirill aren't delivering for you, which, I mean, they've been quiet the last five, six games, mostly Boldy. Um, I, I don't know if Kirill's now starting to do a little bit too much. You're starting to see Matt's cut uh, get a little bit too pass happy, if you will. There's opportunities where at, at, towards the end of the game today, um, on that six on five actually, in fact, where they had the, where they had Flurry pulled, get a wide open net, and for whatever reason he's doing the long twig and he's passing over to Joel Erickson. Like Matt, take the shot, take the shot. There's there there's an entire open net in front of you. What are you, you don't have to make the extra pass there. So you start gripping your sticks a little bit too hard when you're not scoring a lot five on five, um, and obviously, you know the double minor penalty that they got today, or double minor power play, I should say that they got today. This is the prime example. Like their power play has been mostly really, really good this season, and that's great. And when a team like that gets a four-minute major or a four-minute double minor, and they have four minutes of power play time, it's going to usually rely on good uh, a, a successful opportunity for them. But when you're not scoring five on five and you're crushed to the power play, and then you don't score, that's a monumental miss for them. So yeah, if, if this offense doesn't wake up, and to your point, I don't know if it's anything internally that's just going to magically click and then all of a sudden they start scoring like the way they do unless there's an external option that's brought in here which I mean if you're Bill Guerin I don't think you're rushing to do that necessarily yet but I definitely think Dean Evison coaching staff's probably scratching their heads a little bit because I do think this is a well-coached team you know I, I don't think that this is a poorly coached team I think this is an execution problem and it's a little bit of regression too but they can't score right now they literally cannot score more than one or two goals for the last few weeks Power play now uh, since going two for six in the four to one win against the Ducks, uh, so against the Kraken, the Sharks, and then the Preds tonight. O for five tonight. O for its last ten. So if you're not going to be scoring five on five, and you're not going to be scoring on the power play, you're pretty much screwed. Let's talk about the line combinations tonight. All right. So Goudreau scored second goal in two games, three now on the year. I'm absolutely amazed that they have not tried to do something there though with. Zuccarello and Caprisa, because those are your two most important offensive players. And we just continue to, to, Dean throws that line out there like, oh man, they're going to be fine and they're not. And I know he's threatened to break up Zuccarello and Kaprizov. Uh I guess I'm mystified as to what he sees in Goudreau. And again, he's going to score some goals. I'm not saying he can't play. I am saying he's certainly not a high-end guy. Um, second line tonight was Marco Rossi put in between Felino on the right and Boldy on the left. And the third line, and this is interesting because to me this screams demotion. Like this is not a this is not a uh a, this is not something that Dean would do if he was satisfied at all. Erickson Eck was dropped to the center, so he was taken off the the uh Felino line. Obviously Jordan Greenway remains out. 
Uh, Shaw, who I really like, is on one wing. Dewar on the other wing. Uh, but putting Erickson Eck on that line and taking him away from Felino, I find to be pretty intriguing. And I wonder what the message is there. Because, I mean, Eck is, Eck is a guy who, if he's not working his ass off, there's a problem. Um, and I can't help but reflect back to what Dean said after the Sharks game decks on Sunday and think that that was some type of message to Eck as well about what they saw uh, in, in him not playing a North-South game against the Sharks uh, at the X in the, in the OT loss on Sunday. Look, it, it's a great story when someone like Mason Shaw, who's worked his absolute arse off to get to where he is in the NHL level. Um, I like that Bill Guerin told him, find a place to stay. You're here for good. You're not just a call-up. That's going to be shuttled back and forth between here and I-35. I love that. But I think there's also some element, again, to not disrespect him, but when Mason Shaw's kind of the feel-good story, and that's kind of the, the storyline here, Something else is going on. Like uh, it, it should be Mason Shaw coming up, and he's clicking with an offense that's playing very well. Instead, it's Mason Shaw coming up and outplaying players who should be regular contributors here. Um, and you know, it, again, has injuries played a factor? Of course, they've played a factor. But when when someone like Mason Shaw and these minor leaguers essentially are, are these AHL reinforcements, and Adam Beckman and company are coming up. Um, it's because of necessity and it's because things aren't going according to plan. And I don't know if you're just going to be able to scramble some lines here and there and move a Frederick Goudreau and to your point, moving Joel Erickson Eck down and all of a sudden things just start to click. It is hockey. There is some puck luck involved. I'm sure there's going to be some bounces that maybe go the wilds way a few times here on this homestand. And, and we hopefully forget about what's happening uh, on, uh, towards the end of this last week of play. But I, you kind of start to know, what team you have here when we get to Thanksgiving. And for this now, you know what, month sample size of the NHL season being started here, the Wilds' MO is they are not a very deep and not a very talented offensive team. They're not a very talented offensive team. They just can't score goals. They're crippled to a power play. Um, this is kind of a stuck-in-the-rut situation where they have to dig themselves out, and I think they have the capabilities to do so, but they got to figure it out, I think, sooner rather than later. Yeah, and I do, so the problem is this though the injuries with Fiala just gone, the injuries are are a, a, a BSN crutch at times. But when you really look at, at those, okay, Ryan Hartman, you know, you talk about regression. He's the poster child. So this whole thing, I, I heard, I think it was Lapanta said tonight. Well, between uh, Fiala being gone and Hartman, that's like seventy goals. Okay, nobody. Nobody in their right mind thought Ryan Hartman was going to score 30 goals or something close again. Maybe 20. Um, but I mean, he is, he is the poster child for he's not going to do that again. And Dean made that abundantly clear by demoting him to the third line wing. Like Dean had, you know, we, you know, keep in mind Ryan Hartman was no longer on the first line center when he got hurt. The second thing is Greenway has always been up and down. And it's not like, oh, my God, if Greenway was playing. Now, the would the grief line be complete and possibly more competitive? Absolutely. Would they be score? you know, would Greenway be scoring a ton of goals? Absolutely not. And the other thing is, you know, Jordan goes through these stretches where he is fantastic and he looks like, oh, my God, it's all coming together. And then he'll go through two weeks where he won't score. So the injuries, yes, they deplete you for sure. There's no question about that. Do they really deplete your scoring a ton? No, they don't because Fiala's gone. Um, so, yeah, and 
I just, again, the first period tonight, I really hated it. I really didn't like it. Now, the thing about the Predators, they've got some talent, but keep in mind, they aren't playing or have not got off to a good start themselves. And I felt in the second period, puck possession time certainly went and swung heavily into the Wilds' favor. And then in the third period, the Predators basically played prevent defense, which I absolutely abhor. It became a boring game, and they basically dared the Wild to try and score. Um, but I just, you know, I go back to these scores, these one nothing, 2-1. Uh, since, the, since the second game of the season, when the Wild lost to the Kings in the game that Fleury got uh, lifted after one period, 7-6, the Wild has not scored more than four goals in any game. And so between between that and between like the first period tonight, which I couldn't stand, um, I don't know where to land. I mean, there's a lot of of uh, season left. Thanksgiving is like a big time benchmark of your playoff potential. And the more I watch this team, it just feels like. And I'm not even trying to imply that I don't like this team. I don't think it's a bunch of louts. I just, you know, I just don't think it's, I don't think it's that talented of team. And I think that there are some guys that don't understand what the workload on them is going to ha- have to be to actually score goals. Um, and I also think there's probably guys playing who just can't score goals. I don't believe that this is a bad team. I go back to kind of your main, my, my main point off the top that it's a boring team. And in the preseason, you know, a lot of the analytics um, were very, very uh, uh, bullish on this team that basically said, no, this will again be the second best team in the Central. The Abs are here and the Wild are, you know, a, a step below, but they should be near the top of the Central Division. Um, yep. and, and there was a lot of discussion, I think, from the analytics community, people who follow the Wild, and then maybe the outsiders of, well, I see the Wild from the 30,000 foot view. And I agreed with this take that, hey, this is a deep team. This is a deep team. Like there, there, is, there is depth here. And even with some of the guys that are playing, from AHL, a little bit out of necessity. This this is a deep team. It's a deep organization. No one's denying that. But it's lacking high-end skill players. It's got Kirill Kaprizov and Asmat Boldy. And when those two players aren't playing up to their full potential, they're just they're just kind of a team, right? Like and Zuccarello, too. Yeah, yeah. Matt's, and, Matt's can Matt's, be. Matt's He's not right there. now. Right, but my point is, is guys like Kirill and guys like Boldy can take over the games. Like Matt's is for sure a 1A facilitator. But Mats isn't going to take over the game. And if those two guys in Kirill and Boldy, and by the way, you lost Kevin Fiala, which we all saw coming, and I don't have buyer's remorse necessarily of giving up on Kevin Fiala. You knew he was going to walk, so I understood why you traded him. But yep. depth is one thing. High-end talent, though, is another. And when their high-end talent is performing, it kind of reminds me of a pitching staff, and mostly if I can just compare it to the Twins, um, where you have a lot of good guys that are – you got six, seven guys who are solid three three starters, right? None of them are aces. None of them on the top half scare you. You got depth. For sure you got depth. You got guys that can make starts. You got guys that can take that ball every fifth day that aren't just in your five-man rotation. But you don't have enough guys on the top end that scare other teams and can control the game and take things over. And when guys like Kirill and Boldy aren't doing that, well, then this team looks very mediocre at best. And that's, I think, what we've been seeing over the last two weeks. Yeah, they definitely don't. They don't look like a playoff team in that case. And the other thing too that scares me tonight, maybe among everything that we could take away from this game, what would frighten me is this: one of the top scoring chances of the entire night came from John Merrill. 
when John Merrill is driving the net and give and has one of your best, and look, he ain't gonna finish, okay? But the fact is, he had one of your best scoring chances. That is a problem. That is not good. And you know what, too? It is remarkable how little Matt Dumba gives you now. I'm just, I'm stuck on that because I was such a, I was such an apologist of his for so long, but I just watch him now and I know he, he did score the goal against the Ducks from out front. And I like the fact that there were times it felt like, especially in the third period tonight where the wild did activate their defenseman again, which I also like, but um, he just doesn't, he gives you, he is consistently a minus and, and I don't mean a uh, plus minus but i mean as a player he is consistent a minus player Mm -hmm. what bill asked away there with dumpa who has been who's a very integral in the room he's got an a on his sweater bill garen knows what it takes from a leadership standpoint and knows how important sometimes leadership qualities can sometimes um overtake and make up for lack of play on the ice what bill has to probably weigh weigh in here is do I want to commit to Matt Dumba again? And that's where no. I said, I think we're watching the end of this. Like this yes. is, it, it's, it, it's remarkable how many games he's played. He's been here for, you know, he was drafted 10 years ago and, and he's had a great career with the wild. But if you're Bill Guerin, there comes a point then where that leadership and that price tag and that expectation can only get so far low before the, the leadership qualities that you like in him. It, it doesn't matter. It, it's, it, it becomes a race because of everything else on the ice that he is doing that's becoming, to your point, a minus. It's not a plus minus. It's, it's a minus. He's a, he's a negative right now to this, wild, to this wild team when they're on the ice. And I think that's, gonna be a, that's, that's, that's the tough part that Bill probably really hasn't faced yet to me. Um, Bill's been aggressive at making trades. He's not afraid to hurt people's feelings. I feel like hurting someone's feelings like Dumba or Felino again, just to take the human side from it from Bill, is probably going to be a little more difficult than it was when he moved on from other players like Kevin Fiala, et cetera, because that one I think is going to be a little bit tougher pill for for him to swallow. And I think uh, that Felino is safe for sure, but if you can move, yeah. like if anyone will take Dumba and, right. and the remainder of this contract as a rental, you have to. And look, right now, with the way that this t- team is playing, and yes, they, they are going to go on streaks again. Like They're, they're going to win some games. I'm exactly. not trying to say that they're not, but with what we're seeing right now, um, if things don't change drastically, I I would sell. I would sell. If, if, I'm a, if this is a borderline playoff team, I ain't going into the playoffs. If, it's not. If... It's a first-round and out team unless you get extremely fortunate. But you know what? We've basically learned the Wild in the playoffs in the last X amount of years, basically dating to 2000 and what, 12, is not a fortunate team. So I would say that if this is the ceiling of this team, if this is the peak of this team, like we go back to identity, right? If this is the identity of what we're seeing over the last two weeks, then that barometer, you know, of buyers, sellers at the trade deadline, if this is the ceiling, it starts slipping the selling. Now, the trade deadline's months away it's actually even later i think than it's ever been um it's in it's in march we're still eons away from that and look judd's hockey show is not gonna be the hockey show where we start giving you a weekly uh nhl sell and trading update from that side we love to recklessly speculate we love to talk about ideas that could come to fruition that are fun to help the team but if this is the ceiling that is an interesting avenue for bill garen to have to potentially take 
because, you know, they have cap issues. Um, they moved on from some draft picks, but you certainly could load up on more when you're, when you're so capped against the salary cap. But I just think, in general, we're going to see a lot more before we get there. But if this is the ceiling, like if this is the identity of this team, that it's a middling team that can't score with decent goaltending, you may as well probably sell by the time that trade deadline rolls around in March. Hartman and Greenway aren't going to change that. That's my feeling. Like, again, they're, they're going to go through stretches where they do get hot as a team. Uh, but like, like you're not, you're not sitting on the powder keg of a score coming back. Oh my God. You know, you just wait, you wait till Ryan Hartman's back to what yeah. muck things up. So like, I just look, the reality is this, the defensemen aren't great. Like there's a couple good ones, but the defensive core, that's more fair. The defensive core isn't great. The forwards lack, lack, as you put it, high end quality depth. Now, now, when the Gophers season comes to an end and Brock Faber can join your team, are you going to play him? Could he help? Absolutely. Sure. Is he going to save your season? Absolutely not. That's not even fair. So, yeah, I just watching this team and like getting a feel for it. And I heard it again tonight on the BSN telecast, the identity, um, your identities, you're going to have to work your ass off. And that might not be good enough. That's the other thing, too, because we're talking about a, a lot of worker bees. Um, I just hope at some point here that they give Rossi a chance with Kaprizov because I hate seeing Kirill basically play with nobody. Zuccarello's scuffling now, and, I mean, Goudreau, God bless him, is not the guy. Get him some talent to play with. Declan, I think you froze. That is a heck of a shot. I have no idea if this is still operating, but you are frozen right now. Which is very fitting. Yeah, no, I, I think we're having we're, we're, we're very fitting for this five. This is a five on five right now on on Score North and Just Hockey yes, Show. Yes, exactly so I think right. We'll, we'll put this one. We'll put Let's this go. one on a wrap. So hit the subscribe button for uh, for there daily Minnesota sports entertainment on Score North. We uh, we, we hit the buzzer here. We're not going to try to to get any more through this. So hit the subscribe button for daily Minnesota sports entertainment. This is Score North and Just Hockey Show. We'll be back uh, later this week. This is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. When Tyreek Hill signed with the Miami Dolphins, we all thought, what the hell is he doing? What made many scratch their heads even further was comments praising Tua's accuracy. In fact, people got tired of listening to Tyreek Hill. They would go as far as to just tell him to just shut up and focus on football. Well, the Miami Dolphins are 7-3. Tua Tagovailoa is near 2,000 yards, 15 touchdowns with three interceptions. Not to mention the Dolphins now sit at the top of the AFC East. Well, they can hear you now, Tyreek. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From football to basketball to soccer and esports, we've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fixed. And don't forget, BetOnline for NHL, MMA, boxing, and golf exists at BetOnline.net as well. Head to the website today or use a mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts.